Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back, everybody. Good evening. Welcome to the Six Rings Kings show. Back at our um, at our new time here, Monday night at eight thirty p.m. Joined always by uh, Larry Bluestein, Vish, and Danny Gillette. How are you? <clears throat> Excuse me. By the way, I didn't know if I was going to be able to get pull pull through today with my voice. I had lost it in the middle of the day. Finally got it back a little bit. So uh, you might hear some other people talk a little bit more, which I'm sure, you know, anybody who's watching will be happy about that anyways. So uh, what's going on, fellas? How you I know doing? I am. I'm doing well, especially yeah. now you just told me you lost it, it, your voice. It would be a Patriots fan to say something stupid like that after you get trampled yesterday. But anyways. People uh, won in 1972. That's all yeah. I got to say. 1972. Hey, nobody's holding on to 1972. We're holding oh. on to 4-0 four, four now for Tua against your sorry-ass Oh, believe me. Patriots. You guys pull out the 1972 car like it's no Tomorrow. Don't even give me that crap. Just, don't even so, give me that crap. Hey, I don't. I don't. But can someone try to mute Danny Gillette? Jesus. Well, just, you know, go, go easy on him, Jazz. After what Nebraska's been through That's the last few weeks. I mean, you got, you Nebraska, gotta... the Patriots. Jeez, Louise. Must be a lot of Celtics. Boston College laid in there too. So you got <laughs> yeah, it all, they it's did. all they rolling really your did. way. Yeah, they man. really did. <sighs> it's the Blake James effect. Uh, keep holding on to these, those eleven championships, Danny, for the Celtics. Keep holding them on. I mean, I will. At least we beat the Heat. That's all that matters <laughs> in these parts. Yep. Anyways, um, not when it counts, but anyways. Uh, <sighs> what's going on, guys? How you guys? Southern Miss was a little 50-50, wishy-washy. I know me mm. and Blue were at the were at the uh, at the game, and um, yeah, it was it was it was tough to watch in the first half a little bit. Blue, I mean, I, I kind of want to get your take on what you thought about uh, the game as a whole. And we'll kind of break down some positions and some things that we saw. Well, as we kind of alluded to during the game, Southern Miss came to play, obviously. And they were, I think they were better than a lot of people thought. They were bigger up front than uh, people thought. Uh, Obviously, though, you know, in a day where Notre Dame lost at home to Marshall and A&M loses to But I don't think Appalachian State anymore is a big surprise when they either beat somebody or play close. I mean, because they could have easily beaten North Carolina, could have easily beaten Miami last year. So, you know, but still, if you're a top uh, a team that figured to, you know, be with Alabama and Ohio State and, and Georgia in that mix for the uh, – for the final four, you need to go and take care of business. I mean, um, yeah, I, today somebody asked me about A&M and I said, you know, I, right now, you know, they're a different, you know, they're a really good football team, but, uh, I thought that the takeaways is I think Miami got kind of fooled by the fact that they thought that, uh, Southern Miss would come out and run 80% and they didn't. And you and I kept looking for Frank Gore jr. And, 
Uh, he did what he have five touches, <laughs> six yeah, touches. He had a total of 10 yards, 10 wow. total yards. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought Miami made adjustments at halftime. Um, I, I don't really believe when Mario was asked at halftime and the kids were asked at halftime what was said in the locker room and they acted like it was nothing. I don't know. I have a feeling that was a little more than nothing. And, uh, uh, they just weren't underachieving. They weren't. They didn't come out. Remember, I told you they got to come out just like they did in the Bethune game with their hair on fire and their. Uh, there was no energy, and I kept the only the most energetic guy on the field was man uh, was Mario. Yeah, and uh, that can't be like that. But uh, you know, a thirty to seven. What's up, Alex? Oh, a thirty to seven um, win is uh, you take it. You know, it's a twenty three point spread. Uh, and then you move on to the next game. And, uh, you know, so my takeaway is they didn't play as well as they could. Um, they they have to – the intensity has to be out the roof this week. I mean, because they're going to have 90% of the fans that are going to be wearing maroon and white and 40% will be standing most of the game. So uh, it's going to be a different atmosphere, and they've got to come out and, and, and own this. they got to own the game. So – I know we're going to get in A and M, but I just kind of put a finishing touch on the uh, the Southern Mississippi game. Didn't execute well at a lot of times. I thought defensively, uh, we go back to Corey Flagg making all those plays again. People keep saying how he shouldn't be in the lineup, but yet he's the one making the plays. So uh, no Mesador, which kind of like changed the complexion. Although I hear he's going to play next week. Uh, that really did because there was nobody really putting constant pressure. Leonard Taylor had those two plays in a row, but kind of disappeared the rest of the game. But other than that, you know, like I said, they're two and zero, and you'll take that. Yeah, I, I think, and and I'll kind of throw it over to you guys now. But I think that you know the 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 issue was, yeah, I don't I don't I don't necessarily think that they were looking ahead. But like like you said, like you said, Blue, they they came out and with less intensity because I think they thought it was going to be a cakewalk. So it was a, it was more about that game than about looking ahead. I just feel like they thought they were going to completely dominate. And like you mentioned, like we spoke about, Southern Miss came out ready to play. They were they were up. They were you know they were just fired up to be in this game. And look, they're not. They're not small up front either. No. By the way. Their offensive line averages like 320 pounds. Those, those are some big dudes there, right? So yeah. now you're going to get into every single game that you're going to have 300, 320 pound, 320 pound offensive linemen that this defensive line is going to have to, you know, kind of try to push around. Yeah, no, no Mesador. Um, you know, I get it. He, I apparently, uh, what from what Mario said in the press conference after that, he had like a little bit of a of uh, some sort of small tissue injury or something. Uh, so they held him out as a precaution. Had he, could he have played? Absolutely. But I think they just held him out because of precaution. You know, the guys coming back like Zion and, and Rooster, they were on play counts anyway. So you weren't going to get a lot from them. You were just going to get enough to see them kind of get some game action and, and be ready for, for this week. But, uh, yeah, the, fir the first half was just brutal. I think that there was a lack of execution on both sides of the ball. Um, and – Oh, to be a fly on the wall in that halftime speech. <laughs> I don't buy it for a second that Mario wasn't just, you know, ripping them a new one. So, um, Vish, you know, you saw the game. DJ, you saw the game. What What do you guys think about what you saw in the first half as opposed to the second half? Obviously, they turned they turned it around and they turned on the Jets in the second half a little bit. 
Yeah, I, I think we came out there thinking we were going to push them around and then couldn't. And I think that's kind of what hurt the offense because I know everyone was complaining, myself included, how vanilla it was and how we're just slamming the ball on the line. I think we thought that would be successful. Liberty ran all over them. I think we thought we could establish that run game. We didn't. Van Dyke was a little off. That didn't help. But I think we we really were just trying to to pound the ball and run over them. We couldn't do it. And then <laughs> defensively, like Blue said, like this is a team that attempted, what, eight passes the week before that just came out throwing it. Yeah. Uh, just completely different game plan entirely. It's just like, what team is this? Um, and so that, I think, caught us off guard. And I will say, on the positive side, when they tried to run it, they got nothing. Our run defense was excellent, and they're a running team. So that that was a positive. I think the, one of the bigger issues we had, early on we were losing people, especially over the middle. They had a lot of success there. But after we settled in, it was more just defensive backs got to locate the ball, make a play on it. They were in position several times on some of those throws where they just didn't bat the ball down, didn't could have gotten interceptions if they – so so I, I think that's probably an area to improve on. <clears throat> Other than, like, the effort and, and, like, I think we can all – I don't know if they're going to say it that way, but, you know, we did not come ready to play from the beginning. Um, so I doubt that will be a problem this week. Um, but, um, but in terms of, like, actual things to work on, the defensive backs have got to make plays on those balls. You got – in position, you got to knock the ball away. The number of times that – <clears throat> their their receivers just like elevated and caught the ball over our DBs who were just staying there sometimes waiting for the ball to come down to them. Like, no, go attack the ball. So I think that's probably going to be a point of emphasis this week as well. DJ. You're on mute, DJ. Sorry about that. But um, no, I mean, I was a little concerned by the slow start again. And I say again, because they had, you know, a slow start against Bethune-Cookman last week, too. Things didn't exactly, you know, come out firing on all cylinders. But, um, you know, these slow starts just kind of concerned me a little bit because it sounds so cliche. But these are the types of games where you build good habits for the quote-unquote tougher games. And starting off slow against a team like Texas A&M this weekend, and we'll get into them a little bit later, but that's not going to work. You know, they're going to be ready to go. They're going to be ready to play. And so, yes, these are easier games, but, you know, you want to you want to build good habits now so that you'll be ready to go when, you know, the tougher competition starts. And just overall, I thought, you know, we tried to run the ball, like you guys said, and it was a little bit of a struggle, but it was nice to see Henry Parrish really make another big mark on a game. I think, He's really kind of become the explosive back that we thought he could be when he got here. And then kind of building off of last week, Xavier Xavier Restrepo did a nice job of, you know, providing impact plays once again, once everything got going. And it was good to see those two put together another solid effort for the second week in a row. Yeah, here, here are some of the final numbers. Um, you know, uh, pa- first of all, passing-wise, I know – you know, we all we all look at TVD's numbers and we say, well, you know, he didn't really play that well. He didn't have his best game. He was definitely off, and he'll tell you himself. He he, he did say it in 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 the press conference in the interviews post game. So, you know that there was a lot of throws that he wished he had back that he can kind of work on. So uh, he went twenty of twenty, and even then, still had 
a pretty solid day. 20 of 29, 241 yards, a touchdown. He did throw that that ugly, stupid pick. Um, and then you had on the other side Wilkie, who, by the way, me and me and Blue were under the impression the other kid, Ty Keys, was going to start. Uh, Wilkie came in, did a great job. 16 of yeah. 27, 207, 207 yards, a touchdown and a pick as well for him. Um, but you look at their receivers, vision. Yeah, just, just on that on that point, real quick, they warmed yeah. up Keys. I think they were they were doing a bait and switch on us because oh, Wilkie yeah. was clearly the guy that they prepared to play and they put in a game plan for him that was completely different than what they were going to run if right. Keys was in there. So they did warm him up. He was out there in pads. They listed him as the starting quarterback, and then they started the other guy. So I think that was a pretty much just a complete ruse. Well, you see, I mean, you see it here. And Vish, you mentioned that the, the the wide receivers are receiving. You know, uh, Brown Brownlee went five five catches, one hundred and two yards, and a touchdown. I mean, that's that's a big day for for any. He's a big receiver. guy too. He was he's covered. He was covered on all those. But yeah, to, to lose point, he's. He's talented. He went up there and got the ball, but Good player. my my disappointment was a lot of those we weren't really making a play on it. We kind yeah. of allowed him to go up there and get it. Right. Um. Right. There was one uh towards the end of the first half, I believe, right before like it was ended up being an incompletion where he hit the quarterback and threw a duck, and our defensive back was almost like waiting for it to come down like a punt. And fortunately, like their guy went up there to get it but dropped it. But it's just like knocked the ball down. Like I I don't know why we're not doing that. Yeah, I think I mean you saw some of those plays from uh I think Tacori Couch was probably the best. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second, but Tacori Couch did make some nice plays on some of those balls. But yeah, I, you, you notice there's, there's there's something going on there. Uh, but on the other side, our receiving core uh, really really evened out. Like it's really spread out. Uh, Restrepo again had five catches, but. 58 yards, uh, Brashard Smith, four for 53. Keyshawn had three for 49 with that really nice uh, grab on probably Tyler Van Dyke's best throw on that flea flicker for the touchdown. Michael Redding, again, another solid performance, three for 45. So, you know, those are some of the top guys. And then running the ball, again, Miami did a great job running the ball. Uh, and like like DJ mentioned, Henry Paris was obviously the bell cow again. 21 carries. That's, that's, that's a good amount of carries there for um, – for for a running back, um, you know, for a backfield that's split between three guys right now, uh, twenty one for one hundred and six and a touchdown, and you've got uh, Thad Franklin who again had another solid performance, thirteen carries, sixty nine yards, and a touchdown himself. Um, and then you saw, as we said, play count a play count for Jalen Knighton. Uh, he was he only had five carries for seventeen yards. There was some of the some of the carries that you saw him his shiftiness and his speed. Uh, you know, really play a part. He had, uh, I think, one of uh, uh, like seven or eight yards where he looked really good. So, um, you know, he's going to be coming in a little bit as well. So I think that that's the, the biggest takeaway that I get from this is just, you know, them being prepared. They, they, they weren't prepared at the beginning for what was being thrown at them. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do on, on Saturday against Texas A&M. We're gonna to get to that, but I think we we keep coming back to the, to wide receivers, right? We keep coming back to the to the passing game from from Southern Miss that gave us a little bit of an issue. It gave us some some issues, and um, and I think that uh, I think we definitely should kind of bring that up uh, really quick here before we give us our our top five our uh, five here for the Kings. Let's let's talk about our uh, let's give a shout out to one of our sponsors here. Let me pull them up because of course I'm never ready for this. It's okay. I'll be ready for it in a second. <laughs> Gonna give it up for, for for Manscaped. Where are you at, Manscaped? Do you have it up? I know you have it up already, right? Vish, 
There it is. Manscaped. There it is. All right, let me just pull it up here real quick. Oh, Jazz, what a day. I mean, you did your infomercial already and, and posted it on the on I the did. Internet. By the way, while, while I pull this up, yeah, I got my box. I got the uh, the lawnmower 4.0 is absolutely awesome. Oh, right? yeah. I'm just letting you know now that thing is awesome. <laughs> that thing, I was, I mean, they were excited. The boys were excited. All right, all right, all keep right, it, keep right? it, keep it G-rated. They were excited, man. It was fun. <laughs> I'm not trying to get demonetized here. The weed whacker. I'm not saying anything. The weed Six whacker. Six rings after dark over here. I got, I got a charge. <laughs> I got the weed whacker charger, man. That thing is awesome too. Uh, I mean, everything, everything that they that they that they sent over. A nice little travel package, which was really nice. Because uh, you can kind of hide all your all your good stuff, you know, all your goodies in there, man. So, uh, pretty excited about that. If I can find Manscaped, that would be good. I'm doing such a terrible job here. Here we go. Oh man! All right, so let's give it up to man for Manscaped here, um, fellas. The fantasy football draft season is right around the corner. Uh, actually, it's already here, and we've got first week of NFL football on on its way. CD Lamb is good, but have you seen these beautiful balls? And you're telling me to hold it back? It's time to get your snake <laughs> looking right for the snake draft with the sponsors yeah, of today's show. Man, yeah, Manscaped, the leader in below the waist grooming, have created a championship lineup from their performance package 4.0. Join the six million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for kickoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code 5RSN. Make sure you guys go to manscaped.com, 20, 20% off plus. Free shipping when you use the code 5RS at manscaped.com. All right, let's keep it moving though, because we got um we got Texas AM to talk about. But really our five takeaways from, from this game and, and kind of moving forward. I think the first thing that we really should kind of address is a cornerback uh, play. And this is this is this is the way I want to go with this, right? I like I don't I don't want to necessarily knock the players. Uh because I think that we all know who's looking better than than others. Blue, are you concerned with the cornerback play right now? Are you are you comfortable with it having the guys that we have there and 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 just kind of how look Texas AM has some really, really good wide receivers. Yoki Brown, uh Evan Stewart, some of the other guys there. They've got some really, really good talented receivers. Are you concerned about the cornerback play so far? Do you think they're gonna be successful against this team? They're gonna pick on them. Um, I can tell you that. Um you say Couch. I thought Couch had a really good game. Ivy's had a couple of tough, rough outings. I mean, there's no doubt about it. They're, they're, they're going to his way. There's, it's just. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's working out as well as we had hoped it is. And uh, we're going to find out a lot of things about this week because the high. This is basically. Uh, I'll even include Clemson. I think this is the best team we're going to play. Because uh, I think A&M would uh, hold their own or maybe even beat uh, Clemson. I mean, they got talent. Uh, and I think that we have to kind of watch out this week because of the fact that uh, we can be exploited. We're going to have to get a, a consistent pass rush. Um, that's that's the one thing because you're less inclined to worry about the, the, the corners if you can get a pretty good pass rush and – and, you know, force them into throwing balls rather than letting them sit back and, you know, chew, pick and choose because then then Miami's in – they're going to in trouble because they he needs help. Uh, our tackling is 
okay, but it's not great. Manny Navarro and I were talking at halftime, and <clears throat> it's funny. You got that feeling where it was almost deja vu to last year because of, of some of the, the poor tackling. And so I, I'm, I'm curious to see what's going to happen. But uh, this has got to be an all-facets type of game. Everybody's got to contribute. Um, but I think that they, they really need Leonard Taylor to compliment Mesador. They do. Lichtenstein got into the game and he did pretty well. And but this is a different level now. Their offensive line is experienced. Um, they're, I mean, uh, the, the kid uh, A Chain is a great back. So Anias yeah, Smith, right? Yeah. So this is this is one thing. But to answer your question, I'm I'm a little concerned for this week. Uh, because you can't give this quarterback, and I don't forget about this quarterback, any quarterback, an opportunity to sit back there, especially with that wide receiver speed, uh, because they're going to break a big play, uh, and then you don't want to see that. So I think it's a day for uh, Williams, Kinchins are going to have to really step up uh, to help out in the secondary. They're going to have to get really solid tackling linebacker play. Uh, which they've had, but not great. Uh, and their their front five, their front seven, is going to be the key in this game because if they get controlled up up front, then your defensive backs are going to be out in an island, in an island that they probably uh, aren't prepared for right now. But like I said, we're going to find out a lot. <clears throat> excuse me uh, about this secondary in this game, no doubt. Yeah, for for me, it's. You know, I'm comfortable with some of the guys. Like, I know uh, Tukor, I feel like Tukor Couch has done a good job. Yeah. Um, you know, Tyreek Stevenson has his moments where he has some issues. And and, and I'll tell you why. I, I'll be just completely straight up, right? I think that he is – he's he's not a very fast cornerback, um, which which kind of in, piques my interest when I see him on kick returns and, and punt returns and things like that because he's – not necessarily. He's, he's a bigger guy, right? He's not necessarily the shiftiest guy, and and this and doesn't have that acceleration that we're looking for. But I, I'm not. I'm not saying he's slow. Uh, but I think that, like you said, Blue, they they might try to 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 exploit that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, we know the size and 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 the you know and the he just looks the part, DJ Ivy. But he hasn't been able to really put it together. You're even seeing Bethune Cookman. You saw Southern Miss go to his side a lot. Yeah, Southern Miss was picking on him completely. Yeah, you saw him miss tackles, right? You saw him miss tackles. You saw him out of position. Uh, And and so his his side of the ball kind of concerns me a little bit. But um, I think that at the end of the day, they're going to have to rely on those safeties a little bit more. Um, So that's going to be the biggest question mark. Can the safeties – because you saw James Williams play all over the field. You saw him play star. I'll play safety. So I'm playing Mike linebacker. You saw him everywhere. So is he is he is he the guy that you're gonna keep him in there, play the star, and then bring you know Avante Williams back back out there, or is Al Blaze gonna be the, the second corner? Which you know I don't want really want to get into specifics with Avante because I don't really know, you know. So we'll, we'll kind of keep that out of it. But like, who's gonna be the the other guy? Who's gonna be the other the other safety if James Williams is gonna drop down and play more of that star position? or, you know, cover the middle of the field a little bit more and who's going to be behind to kind of, you know, help the corner. I mean, there's a lot of question marks. So, yeah, I'm definitely intrigued to see what they do uh, for this cornerback play. Vish, I don't know, you know, you saw it on the TV. You saw them, uh, you know, 
what, what's your biggest concern, if any, or do you think they'll be able to hold up? Because I, I, I'm not convinced with Haynes King either. I don't know if he's that great of a quarterback. So if we put pressure on him, I think he's going to make mistakes. He threw, what, three picks, two or three picks against uh, App State. So I think that, you know, we've got an opportunity there. Well, the so we don't know that Haynes King is going to play. Um, he's going to start at least because – what well, well, has not well Jimbo try to put Max Max Johnson in. Yeah, Jimbo didn't commit to a starter gotcha. uh, today at least. Um so but either way, none of those to your point, none of those guys scare me. Of course, we just saw a true freshman show up taking his first snaps and and have a lot of success at least for a half. So you know, take that with a grain of salt. I, I my biggest concern is just I mean I touched on this earlier, but we're just giving up too many completions. Um and and I don't think it's a personnel issue. Like, to your point, like, we put Malik Curtis in there. He got burned twice and he got touchdown. Like, I don't yeah. – so, I, I mean, I don't think – I don't think It's the, a big I, place, right? It's a chunk yard. Chunk yardage that has – Yeah, his, yeah. yeah. So, I don't I don't think the answer is to, you know, let's bench everyone and put a I – don't, I don't think that's the solution. So, it is really – you know, it's on the coaches to 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 coach them up a little bit. Um, like you mentioned, DJ Ibe is always in position. But then they always catch the ball too. Like he's very rarely like just burned and, and losing coverage entirely. Right. So like how do we fix that? I don't know. <laughs> to be honest. Um some of those were <clears throat> especially on their first drive, a lot of those were like kind of just missed assignments by us, like where we just lost guys over the middle. Um on one of them, I mean I'm not sure what the uh what the formation was, but they had two receivers to the to the bottom side of the screen. We had one guy out there. And um, and then when Flag was the linebacker, he he did come out to take the slot guy away. So, but then that opened the middle of the field up, and that's where exactly. they completed it. So, so I don't know if that's a scheme thing or if like you know someone else is supposed to rotate and we missed something and they all didn't read the play. It's a couple of games in, so they should get better. But just overall, uh, Rob touched on it. I wouldn't just say the third downs; these are third and longs. You've got to get off the field there. Like if you win first and second down. And it gets to third and eight, third and nine. You got to get off the field, and that's the biggest concern. It wasn't just giving up throws. It's you know, third and eight, nine, ten. Those should be hard to convert. And at least in the first half, Appalachian State no issues. You know, getting receivers beyond the sticks and completing it to Blues Point. No pressure. He kind of stand back there, but just leaving guys wide open. So I don't know where the solution is there, but um, but we need to you know we need to tighten up on that. When you get to third and long, you got to get off. The we didn't do a good job of doing that. I agree. I agree. Um, DJ, I'm going to start off with you on this one. Uh, we'll keep going around and rotate so that we don't spend just crazy amounts of time on one. Uh, this is this is one that I'm excited to talk about because I think that we're being very successful. Um, uh, and, and what I'm talking about is the running backs. Okay, now we've got a rotation going. We've got Rooster back in the mix. Um Harris, as you mentioned, DJ earlier, has looked really good, uh, bouncing it outside, even running on, in the inside with some power. Uh, what's your take on this running back rotation? Obviously, Rooster is going to get much more playing time. Well, we think he's going to get much more playing time against Texas A&M. But how much do you want to take away from Harry? From Parrish, right? From Harry Parrish, because you're seeing him that as as the game goes on, he gets he's still you know just as strong, just as quick. And I love what I saw out of him. I love what I'm seeing out of Thad. So how much does Rooster coming back take away from those guys? Or do you even give him as much? I mean, I know my answer, but I want to hear yours, DJ. 
In a game like this, in a game as big as this is, because this is one of the biggest games of the year, I want to keep feeding the hot hand. And if that's Henry Parrish, then so be it. I want the best personnel on the field against a tough team like Texas A&M where you can not make mistakes. I mean, sure, we can all joke they lost to Appalachian State, but this is a darn good football team. So I want my best players on there, and I want Henry Parrish on the field as much as possible. Blue, what do you what do you think about this running back rotation right now? Do you do you give Parrish still the most amount of carries and most snaps? Um, yeah, let's say all be everything being equal right now, Rooster being on no snap count at all. What do you do with this rotation? You're muted, Blue. You're muted. You gotta unmute yourself. Oh, you're still muted, Blue. You're still muted. Unmute him there, Vish. Can you unmute him? Vish, you're muted too. Is everybody muted? Nobody wants no, to I talk? can't. I can't unmute him. I tried to, um, but I wasn't gonna like talk. I he's got to unmute himself. It says you can't unmute him because he muted himself. Oh, okay, okay. All right. Well, I'll well, answer your question because yeah, I'm gonna yeah, give you go a little ahead. bit of a little bit of a different answer here, um, which go is ahead. I don't think Rooster's gonna play a lot. Um, I think he was on a snap count, but I also don't think he ran very well. Um, and I would not give him carries in front of Thad right now. So he's got to be the third guy. So I think he'll still play. But I, I think we came into that game thinking, you know, it'll be Parrish 1A, Rooster 1B. I don't think that's the case anymore. And I know Mario talked in the pros game about, you know, one of the problems is we just didn't run hard. I don't think he, he didn't name names. But I do think whatever Rooster's injury was, he was a kind of probably a little um, skittish about getting re-injured big game next week right and i don't i don't know that he necessarily you know did himself any favors and i think it would be a tough thing to ask him to do to go into a&m now having gotten five carries this year and and carry a lot i think this is Parrish's game he's unintentionally put himself in a tough spot i think well i mean he only got five carries this entire season now you're going into a hostile environment right. trying to get him to right. what are you gonna do give him 15 carries no way right i mean right so here's what i think uh i i think that Yes, uh, while I agree with you guys, I think Jalen Knighton is still the best running back on this team. Um, he only had five carries. I, I get that. He was on a snap count, so it's not, you know, who's to say if he gets five more carries, he doesn't break one for 50, 60 yards, right? Like, that's that's it could happen. It definitely could have, right? He's been known to do that a lot. So I still think he's the best running back on this team. I don't know if and, – and, and that's not taken away from Parrish because I think he's right there. I think Thad is playing that good right now as well. I think that those three look great. They, uh, they're going to look fantastic down the road. Uh, but as, as much as I want him to get in the game and break some big plays, I, I don't know if you take the risk on certain, certain drives where you got Henry Parrish and, he, and you got Thad and they're wearing down that, that defensive line. They're wearing down those linebackers. I think, like you said, DJ, keep feeding the hot hand. But if you get an opportunity to get Rooster in space on some of these plays, and I know Josh Gaddis is trying to come up with something, man, to get this guy in space, he's going to break one because you saw him. He still has some moves, all right? I, I understand he maybe doesn't want to get hit, but I think that if you put him out in space, he's going to break one, and the rest is history. I still think he's the best running back on this on this. So I, I, I would say I actually I would take Parrish over him, but I think they're completely different. As so, the best running back on this team? Right now, yeah. Yep. Well, right now, most experience right now because he's 
Well, they're they're different. So the the thing I'm liking about I still Paris think is, coming into the season, Rooster was the best running back on the team. Well, I mean, I, we have a two game sample size for Parrish, right? I'm not gonna pretend like I watched all his Ole Miss games because I did not. Um, so, um, but the thing that I'm that I like is is he he runs downhill and hits the hole. It's no nonsense, and I think that's what the the type of offense we're running. That's what Gaddis is looking for. That's what Mario's looking for. But I, but. You say it like you say it like Rooster doesn't do that because he was getting the ball thirty times a game last year and running he's, up the middle. He's got he's got a little bit more uh, juke in him. He does. And, he does. But he can also run up the middle. He's he's gotten the ball thirty times a game at some point last year. I, I'm not saying he's, he's afraid to run up the middle. I'm saying yeah. he does a little bit more dancing, and sometimes that's good. Sometimes it's bad. Right? There's not. Yeah. But but my point is for what they're looking to do. I I think Parrish is a better fit, and I think mm. Rooster will work his way back in, but I think it's going to take some time here. I don't think it's like this week he's just going to get 15 carries. Like, I, I don't think that's what's going to happen. No, to, your point, to, to your point, his skill set is very unique. He's really – he's by far the most explosive running back, maybe player on the team. So I do think your point about getting the ball in space, having him a package, there's a sequence of plays we want to run with him. I like that a lot. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Knighton. I don't want to, like, misconstrue this. I think he's awesome. But I don't think he's necessarily ready to carry a load in this game. Yeah, I agree with you there. Blue, I, we, yeah. we didn't get your take there, Matthew. Uh, my take is I agree with uh, Vish in the fact that I think right now where uh, Henry's the most experienced back, he's ready, he's healthy. And he's ready. He's been taking some hits in the line of scrimmage. He's been breaking the ball. I think that you're going to ease in Rooster. And once you do, I think he, he becomes maybe – a guy that in between the 20s becomes very vital for you because once the ball gets to the 20s, you got to put that in because that will wear down the defenses. His big body wears the linebackers down. If, it, if he should break that first or second uh, level, then he'll, he'll just wear the safeties down all day that are coming up on him. So, But in between the 20s, Parrish is my man, and then when he needs a spell – uh, then you put in Rooster and let him get some carries. Uh, he could break one. Uh, like you guys said, he's got that. He could go coast to coast. He's got the moves, but I just don't think he's had enough experience, uh, you know, coming back yet. I mean, even, you know, he's had, like you said, it's a small sample size. It's a small sample size for everybody. But for him, it's even smaller because he hasn't had that many significant carries. And you'd hate for him to get banged up right away just because of the fact that he's he's not ready to make a cut because I always remember this and I and I think it was pointed out to me by some people that when you play a team like Bethune Cookman and you find that hole right there well those holes close when you play teams like AM because you got faster guys getting there to make plays so he's gonna have to adjust quicker and he hasn't had that experience this year doing that. So I have Parrish carrying the load, could get 20, 23, 24 carries because if he has a hot hand and he's eating up the clock and getting four, five, six yards at a clip, you can't take him out. He's just, he'll be in the groove for it. Uh, and then, uh, but like I said, you get in close and that Franklin is really tough to stop. So, no, they're fine. They're fine at running back. I just think that Jalen is, he's, I think in a couple of games he's back to his self, but right now it's really tough to put a guy like that, you know, still 
you know, with little uh, game playing time against a team like that, aggressive like that, and fast. You see, that's what I'm saying. If you're playing another, if even if you're playing uh, and uh, like I don't know Georgia Tech, they're not as fast. So, but uh, and then I'd say, yeah, yeah, I'd put him in more. But he's going to see even as quick and and agile as he is, and he cuts uh, every time he cuts. There's going to be a linebacker that's going to be right that runs a four four five or something like that. That's six three two thirty. So that's my only point. I, I I don't think we're in bad hands with any of them, but I think that's what I would do if I'm Gaddis. Uh, Rooster would be a complimentary back until he gets, you know, till he gets back in the flow again. He may take one the distance this week, but remember, he's not his condition. Uh, is there? There. Remember, they don't they don't tackle in, in practice. So right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point, Rob. The one uh, last thing, and I know we got some other topics just on the running backs. I thought it was really weird that like the last play of the game. Remember they fumbled, and then we put Parrish back in and handed him the ball for like one more carry. Yeah, that was, that was crazy. With all those other guys that you got. Yeah, and, and like after, after other than Rooster, I think Parrish and Franklin were the only other guys that got carries, even like yeah. way down in garbage time. I thought that was interesting. We didn't really. Yeah, it was only those three. It wasn't, uh, yeah, Stanley. I thought it was interesting. We didn't rotate at all. Perry. Yeah, none of those guys got any, any pay. No, again, I agree with you guys. I think, I think Parrish is still the bell cow, but, um, yeah, I think they're definitely going to have some, some, some interesting stuff going on for, for Rooster in this one to get them in space. Um, and make some plays. Um, moving along, I, I think that the perfect segue to that is really the offensive line. I wanted to go another way, but I think we're going to stick with the offensive line because I think this is a big – it's not a question mark. I, I, I think, look, all in all, we saw the, the offensive line in the first half. looked like they were struggling, and, and Mario mentioned, well, they gave us some looks and they did some things that they weren't prepared for because – there wasn't any, any tape for it. They did something different, blah, 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 whatever it was. They looked like they were it had, they had some issues. Um, they cleaned it up, obviously, in the second half. We saw uh, Zion Nelson in, in the game with some snap counts. Uh, you know, he was on a snap count as well. Uh, Logan Sangapolu, we, um, we may have seen him a little bit. I'm not even sure if I remember seeing him on the field, if I was paying attention, to be honest with you. But I did notice um, Zion come in. But – this is what I'm going to say, and I'm going to start off with this first. Um, I think the le- obviously the left side <laughs> is our strong side. Um, Jakai, from Jakai over, I think John Campbell's done a hell of a job his first two games. And I think that Jalen Rivers is obviously you know one of our best, if not our best li- uh, uh, lineman right now. Here's my thing. I think right now you can't start Zion Nelson against Texas A&M. I think, Jay- uh, I think John, John and Jalen have done – a hell of a job on that side. Uh, right now, John Campbell is my left tackle. Uh, I think that you still kind of like Rooster, right? You got to still ease in Zion a little bit. I think this is not the game to have him play a massive amount of snaps because you're going to be going against the likes of whether they're young or not, they're big boys, right? I know you got Shamar Stewart on that line. You've got some other guys that are big dudes and they are young. They're inexperienced. You saw them struggle against app state a little bit last week. So if you want to take advantage of that again this week, when the morale may not be as high, you got to play your horses. You got to play your your studs. And at this point, I think John Campbell is my left tackle. Uh, the offensive line as a whole has done a better job. Again, a, a, almost about 200 yards rushing against uh, Southern Miss. I think it was like 196 actually or 192, something like that. So um, they did a good job either way. And what's great is that they do a really good job towards the end of the game and kind of wear these, you know, these defenses down. 
are you and, and I'll start off with you on this, Vish. Are you going to what do you want to see out of, out of this offensive line? Do you agree that that left side is the strongest, John Campbell, or do you want to see Zion play more? How do you want how do you want to see that play out against uh Texas A&M? So I, I think to the extent that there were issues last week, it was what Mario said, it was missed assignments more so than right. physical. Um this week it could be physical, like you could get physically beat um which i don't think happened a lot last week it was really just you know someone's not blocking anyone two guys in one gap type of thing which is consistent with what mario said about we saw some things they they showed us some things we didn't see on tape we weren't ready for it um so um in terms of zion i feel like i'm in the same place it was a rooster big fan of the talent not he's not you can't just throw him out there now and give him like starting snap counts like that's you got to work him back in. Um, if you think about it, after this game, we got Middle Tennessee State, then a bye week before ACC play starts. I think that's when you're going to see really a big uptick in, in both Rooster and Zion Nelson playing. So in terms of the approach, if you look at what App State did to this team, they ran it over them, around them, through them, um, held the ball for like 40 minutes. Guess what our strength is? <laughs> we can run the ball. <laughs> so I, I think we're going to try to do the same thing. I mean, if App State can do it, why can't we, right? So I think we're going to try and run over them, control the ball the same way App State did. As bad as AM's offense was last week, and it definitely was, one of their touchdowns was a kick return. Like they, right. they only had the one touchdown drive. They hardly had the ball because um, App yeah, State held it. Lowest lowest amount of plays. Uh, they had the ball. If you have the ball seventy, I think they had thirty something, thirty seven. Yeah, snaps. that's right. That's right. That's yeah. awful. Yeah, no. The, then the time possession was like forty twenty. That's gonna so. be the key, and I know we'll, we'll go to keys of the game, but whatever keys of the game. But I'm sorry. I'm so that's that's where so so the the big. I I think we're gonna, and I do think you know, even though we struggled to get the run game going a little bit at the beginning, I have seen very few missed run blocking assignments. And we've done a very good job run blocking, I think. And I think that's that's why I think you keep that unit together. You come in there and try to do what App State did, control the ball, control the line of scrimmage, and and go from there. Yep, I agree. Uh, DJ, your thoughts on the offensive line play? I mean, I feel like you still got to go with Campbell and go with what works again because I think this is the type of game where – and I kind of said it just a couple of minutes ago, but I'll just reiterate it again. This is the type of game where you stick with what works and – You know, so far, the offensive line, particularly in terms of, you know, running, granted, slow starts, yes, but, you know, the running backs have been able to provide a strong output, and, you know, the offensive line has held its own, and it's good to see Campbell kind of really, you know, settle into a groove. Mario was really complimentary of him during preseason camp, and I think you just stick with what works. I wouldn't wouldn't try any major changes until, like Vish said, the schedule gets a little bit easier, you know, after the bye week, after Middle Tennessee State. I would just stick to the game plan right now. Blue, have you seen anything from the offensive line, like uh, uh, not necessarily on the left side, but on the right side that you don't like? That maybe DJ Scaife, is there something that maybe they might want to try something different? Or are we kind of sticking to what we have now, playing Zion a little bit to give Campbell a rest and playing some of the other guys to give Campbell a rest, the, uh, you know, give some of the other guys a rest? Or is Sangapolu coming in and going to play over Justice more? I mean, what do you think about this offensive line right now? And Do they need to make any changes or do they kind of got to go with what they have? You got to go with what you have. But at the same token, remember in the first game, uh, Tyler wasn't touched. That wasn't the case last week. So I'm sure A&M watches game film. 
So I'm sure they're going to see where Miami's breakdowns came from because athletically, especially up front, A&M is a little bit better than Southern Miss, I would say. So they're going to call that. It's going to be one of those uh, as you play, if they make mistakes and they're looking like a swinging gate and letting everybody in turn style wise, you're going to have to make, they're going to have to make some adjustments. And that's where a guy like Mirabal comes in. And he's got to counteract anything, you know, with the defensive coordinator is coming up with from A&M with his offensive line. And this is his strong suit, you know, being able to do something like that. So I I agree with Vish. You stay with what you got. And uh, if it dictates that you have to make some changes, you uh, just like you did, you had to make adjustments, you make adjustments. And that's what the game's all about. Hopefully they'll blow a lot of assignments in the first half. <laughs> Not, so you could talk to them at halftime and, and show them a lot of film, but they do anyway. I mean, they get them on the, you know, they already have everything on video. So they'll, they'll show them, you know, the gaps and, and everything where, Hey, look, you see what happened on this play. You went over here. You got to read a lot better. And, um, you know, and that's what they do. You got to, this is what, why they call it coaching. And that's why I think that they'll, they got the talent. They just have to make the adjustments, and uh, that's where coaching comes in. And like I said, whether it be Frank or Mirabal or or Gaddis or whoever, um, you've got to look at each situation. And you come off of a a series where you know Tyler was sacked and he was pressured. The offensive line wasn't doing this and that. You took a look at some of the video of that series, and you break them down quickly and say, "Listen." You know, and then you point those out and then you make your corrections. That's how you have to do it. Because, you know, I've seen games where even the best of teams get stung right away, you know, on a play, a misdirection, something where there's a breakdown and they go to the bench and, you know, there's nobody pointing fingers. You just get in there and look at some of the video and say, okay, yeah, you're right. I went this way and I, you know, my read was off and that's what happened. And I think that, but every position is like that defensively too, but you're asking me about the offensive line. I say they stay intact. They make their changes when needed, and that's it. Uh, Scaife is very inconsistent, and we know that. I mean, he could have like two, three plays where he's just lights out, and then could have two, three plays where he's not. Yep. No, I totally I totally agree with you there. I actually think Scaife, and I think a lot of people agree with this, is better on the inside than he is uh, as a tackle, but right now, just based off of you know some of the injuries injuries that we have, some guys that may not be ready to go just yet, uh, I think he's probably our best option there. Unless you know the time comes when Zion is ready to go, then you might see John Campbell move over to the right side because he does have experience playing right tackle as well. Now you got yourself a pretty decent um, you know offensive line there on both sides. So um, <clears throat> that should be that should be fun to watch the, the battle in the trenches. As cliche as it sounds. I think that it's going to be a big-time battle there. Um, moving along to the last thing I want to mention, and I know this is going to be Larry's Larry Bluestein's favorite topic of discussion tonight. It's going to linebacker. be the, line, the linebacker play, baby. <laughs> you know it. You know it. Listen, I, I have never seen Blue get so happy when Corey Flagg makes these plays. And let, let me tell you, it's not, even ju- it's not just Blue. Everybody's starting to notice how, how much better. And Flo mentioned it on his show uh, last night too, if, if any of you heard it. But he he was like, "I want to see flag play. I got. I'm now I see flag playing. 
He's gotten better. Well, he's a starter it, now, you know, and he sh and he should be because he again, should, absolutely he should. Be. I don't care, Vish, and I don't care, guys. If if he's not six three two thirty five, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, he's one or two in that stat sheet when it comes to tackles, and that's going to be the end result. And you look back, and I'm not comparing him to anybody. I'm just comparing him size wise, because if you remember, like Sean Spence was like 198 his uh, sophomore year. So he had to get a little bit bigger. Jesse Armstead was 186 when he came to the University of Miami. I think he topped out at 212, 214. So it, to me, it's an instinct. And this guy just knows the flow of plays. You know, he may not be as fast as everybody, but because of, that, because of the fact that he knows how to read and he knows where to go, he cuts all that crap out. Where oh this guy runs a four or five big deal so maybe flag runs a four six six but he gets there a lot faster because he's smarter and he knows the angles and I mean you watch good Ooh, players Zach Thomas times? was yeah. Zach Thomas was a perfect example of that Zach knew angles better than anybody and that's why he always had fourteen and fifteen tackles every game. Blue, how many times did we see what we thought was maybe a hole for their running game and all of a sudden you see number eleven just plug that hole and boom. Hit yeah, well, I, I kept sorry. letting you know, too. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Trust <laughs> me, I couldn't get away from it. Every time Corey Flagg made a play, Blue made sure he, he let me yeah. know. And, and he made some plays. Uh, I saw a little bit more. He looks a little bit quicker. Uh, he's definitely, you know, he's definitely a north and south kind of guy. I get that. But, you know, you still saw him drop back a little bit and cover when there was an issue. So I love to see. I, I love what I'm seeing out of him. Wayne and Steve yeah. is not playing terrible either. No. Uh, you know, he no. looks pretty good. Are you concerned or is it interesting? Okay. And, and I'll kind of throw this over to, um, to Vish. Are you, is it interesting that you're not seeing as much of Caleb Johnson and Keontre Smith? You're actually seeing more Wes, uh, Wesley Bassain and Chase Smith than you are Keontre and Caleb Johnson, and we all thought Caleb Johnson was going to come in and be that guy, a starting Mike right off the bat and, and just, you know, kill it. I'm not saying he's bad. I think I still think maybe he's still, he's learning the system. I don't know. But are you interested? Are you intrigued that that's what's happening right now, Vish? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I, I guess we shouldn't be surprised that, you know, Flack has kind of come to the foyer because he's always had a lot of tackles. And like Blue said, it's kind of – aesthetically not pleasing sometimes and i think that's that's kind of he's the us. opposite of dj ivy right well I, I, yeah, but, but i also but good, good good analogy but i also think you know it's hard when as bad as the run defense and tackling has been in the last few years and you look at the kids on the field right. it's hard not to prejudge them as there's no way that individuals could actually be having a good game in the midst of North Carolina running for 700 yards. Right. So, so, which is an, an actual real stat. Um, so, um, so it's hard to kind of square that circle. Um, but I am, I am surprised that we're not seeing Caleb Johnson in front of the freshman, both like, right. like Wes, like to me, that, that is surprising. I think that rather than a negative for Caleb Johnson, though, I'm sure he's not thrilled with it. I think, I mean, they've been talking about Wes and we, we talked about him, you know, coming in that this kid's a stud and I think sure. you know after the first game like we gotta get him on the field more. Like I think he's just he's just he's just earned it. So I think it's actually a good good thing. Not not necessarily a surprisingly, but in a positive way. I don't think it's a knock on Caleb Johnson. I think it's Wes is just forcing them to play him. Yeah. 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 And True. He, he dropped that and you know what? so I'm sure he was upset about that. 
Yeah, well, here and here's another advantage for Corey Flagg. You went to Houston North Shore, which is like 35, about 40 minutes from College Station. So he's going to have a all his family there. He's going to be pumped up to do well. You know how that is when you get a guy from that area to come home. So I think that helps. I mean, it really does. And, and I think that's just another facet that this week, I'm sure that the Houston papers are doing a lot of stories with him. I mean, because here he comes to town and, you know, he's starting, he's a local guy. And, uh, you know, just like if, you know, when, when we have Miami kids, you know, come back to South Florida, like Gore, you know, you make a big deal out of that because he, he's from here, but obviously because his dad played at Miami too. So he's going to be pumped I, to play this game for sure. Blue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, I'm just, I'm excited to see what Miami's going to do against an opponent that's big, quick, uh, talented, well-coached, and basically two years ahead of what Miami is right now because of their depth. Um, I mean, you know, people hate to hear that, but it's the reality. I mean, they've been able to recruit the way Miami is in that 23, 23 class for two years. They've been getting those, you know, Shamar Stewart's and all these high, you know, even uh, Keith Brown who, you know, he debated whether to go to Miami. He's a big-time kid, too. And and then you got the running back from Miami Central who's back up to uh, A-Chain. So, um, yeah. So I think that's – I'm just excited to see how much Miami's learned off the first two games. I think the intensity level when they come out of that, uh, that tunnel is going to be off the charts. Being on national TV, being a marquee game at 9 o'clock, you know, a lot of people are why you'll know that the nation will be watching because nine o'clock is a little, you know, one of those late games and everybody's going to be coming home. And whether it be the first half or the second half, because you figure the second half is going to be close to quarter of 11. So you're going to have a lot of people watching. I think Miami's going to be on display. You have a lot of those naysayers that doesn't that don't want Miami to be back, you know, and but then you have a lot of people that know that when Miami is back the relevance of, of college football is, is that much greater, I think, because, you know, they have the swag, they have the history, uh, you know, they have a still churning out players, you know, in, in the NFL, watched a couple of them yesterday. You know, you look at Jordan Phillips and guys like that. I mean, you just, you can't help but understand how good college football is when Miami's relevant. And uh, I think that you're going to have a core of those and then, you know, no more Brown, Brent Mo- Mouseburger making, oh, Miami should be banned for life. You know, that's. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, by, by the way, um, big recruiting weekend. Yeah. Up in, up in uh, College Station as well. Oh, I'm Jayden, sure. I'm Jayden sure. Brown, Jayden Brown will be out there. Oh, yes. Hiking Williams is going to be out there. Uh, so you got some big name guys from Miami going up to this game that nice. were invited by Texas A&M. You want. <laughs> You want to you want Cristobal to sh- to shove it in their faces, to beat the daylights out of Texas A and M, and then turn around and look at that recruiting section and go, all right, let's go, it, all right. And let's that's a good point thing. because even with somebody like Corey, I'm sure he knows guys that are coming to the game from the Houston area and stuff like that. So who knows? Anthony Hill, you, Anthony Hill will be there as well. Exactly. So who knows who you could flip or. Or somebody who will say, oh, wow, I didn't know Miami was this dynamic. Or I didn't know they played that scheme. And, oh, I didn't know Charlie Strong was here. And I didn't. So you may, you never know in a game like this that, 
You know, you, you expect it in the ACC where Miami will go to Georgia Tech or North Carolina, uh, you know, or Virginia and Virginia Tech because everybody knows they've been doing it for a long time. But this is only Miami's second trip to a college station. I remember when they were there before, and uh, they took it to them. And, uh, you know, and then turned around the following year, took it to them down here. So I I just think that Miami's in a situation uh, that they, they have an opportunity to do some pretty good stuff. And, you know, we'll, we'll see. Akeem, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I told you, Akeem hasn't rung my bell. I like He's a good, great kid, but uh, his production level is just rock bottom when it comes to playing. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, three catches and for 10 yards against a team that was – terrible is he's got to pick up he's got to pick up his production because you're going to get more teams say oh forget about what he's i could turn him into this i could give you a list of coaches who've tried to turn people into something uh yeah david hakes yeah that would be awesome if he's there too i know tony mitchell is going to be there miami doesn't have a safety sign for the uh for the 2023 class yet i know he's i believe he's an alabama commit right now but him going to this game the texas a&m miami is is a big game as well, considering Miami, I'm sure, is still recruiting him hard. Look, there's going to be a ton of guy, kids out there. Sure. Uh, Jalen Brown. Also, out there. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people. Well, it's got over 100,000 for sure, uh, even with even with what happened. I mean, college, college game day was supposed to be out there. App State ruined it, but that's okay. We're all right. Look. Um, App State didn't ruin it. Texas A&M ruined it. Yeah, I guess yeah right. really. I guess, right. I guess you're right. <laughs> well, App State got, got college game day. They're going to Troy. Yeah, they're going there State. instead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Like they didn't already lose to North Carolina or something. Like what? What do we? They win one game. Oh, yeah, it's, it's like they've been to North Dakota State a couple of times, so you know. Yeah, they have. It's gonna be. It's gonna be fun. This is gonna be a great atmosphere, uh, and I think Miami has a really good shot. Uh, speaking of speaking of that, uh, keys to the game. Uh, really quick, I think. By the way, the keys to the game are and, and Vish. The keys to the game are brought to you by are brought to you by Price Picks. By Price Picks? Yeah, I think yeah. the keys to the game are brought to you by. I, I agree, they should be. So, um, we'll give a shout out to Price Picks, uh, really quick here. Let's um, let me know when you're ready, Vish. We can uh, talk about Price Picks, baby. I mean, I was I was born ready. Yeah. All right. Price picks. Uh, the official daily fantasy app of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Make sure you're using the code five. That's F I V E. Uh, when you sign up and price picks will match your initial deposit up to a hundred dollars. Make sure you use the code five F I V E. Uh, you don't even have to spend it all at once, which is great. You can play uh, the NHL, NBA, the NFL, obviously is going on. You can play college football. Here's what's great. You can mix and match players as well. Okay. So you don't, uh, you can, you compare them from different sports and different teams. Uh, it all depends on how much you want to win. This is how it goes. Okay. You pick between two to five players. Uh, then you play the over-under on individual categories. It all depends, again, how much you want to win. Uh, the less players you, you pick, the less money you make. more players you pick, more money you make. Um, again, go to pricepicks.com. Sign up using the code 5-F-I-V-E. When you sign up, they'll match your initial deposit up to $100. Pricepicks.com. Let's do it. Keys to the game, ladies and gentlemen. I think that this is an important one. I wanted to go first because I didn't want anybody to, to, to take mine. So uh, I'm going to go. 
Was this becoming the F1 show now? Yeah, yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, right. I always go last in that show too. So no, it seems Um, like you're always stealing Moni's picks. What? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Easy. Easy. Um, Everybody's stealing my picks. I'm the only one that's gotten it right. Okay, Uh, except for Evan, who got it right. He's around here somewhere. Um, Evan, uh, I'm sorry. Keys to the game. I'm gonna go with time of possession. Is gonna be very key in this game. The more we control the football, the more time we <clears throat> we we hammer them, we run the ball down their throats, and uh, we control uh, we control the, the time of possession, and we control the field position. We do all those things right. We run the football well. I think that that's going to bode well for us um, because like, you saw what App State did, and they ran the ball. They held the time of possession. They ran more plays. And you keep their offense off the field. I don't, even though they're not sure who they're going to play at quarterback, or they say they aren't, they still have a lot of playmakers on that side of the ball. And the more that you can control the football, the more time you can take off the clock. I think that that's going to help uh, Miami a lot, a long way. So I'm going to go with time of possession is going to be key. We'll go to you, Vish, next. Yeah, I'm going turnovers. Um, that, which is kind of a cliche because if you win the turnover battle, you win the game, but. I think I think it could be pretty lopsided. We've done a you mentioned the DVDs like kind of I mean TVDs one bad pass. That's been it. We've been very protective of the ball this year. Done a good job, you know, running backs holding on to it. It's a step up in talent, step up in physicality, but um Texas AM has turned over quite a bit this year already. I think there's an opportunity for us to win that battle pretty heavily and therefore the game. So I'm going turnovers. Nice. Uh DJ, what do you got? I'm going, you know, pass defense. I know we talked about it a little bit earlier, but, you know, they have some dynamic wide receivers on, you know, the offensive side of the ball. And I know, you know, their quarterback, we don't know who the quarterback is, but, you know, as long as you have receivers like they do, you know, there's there's always a chance to be involved in the game. Smith and Stewart are averaging 18.5 and 10.5 yards per catch. And, you know, anytime a team has playmakers like that at wide receiver, you can never take it easy. So, you know, as long as the corners play well, as long as the secondary continues to build off of, you know, the good last week and kind of correct the bad that we saw last week, then they should be okay. But, you know, I'm the, the secondary versus those two wide receivers in particular, as well as you know Brown, you know that's going to be an, it, that's going to be an interesting matchup to watch for me. Definitely, I like that. I like that. Blue, what do you got? What are you? What is your key to the game? Well, with the with the uh, crowd amped up and a lot of emotion, a lot of electricity, you have a tendency to get in that mode where you you make stupid penalties. And I think you know, like whether it's a late hit or whether it's you know holding or something. I think Miami's got to cut down the penalties. I think I think the team, and, and I know maybe it sounds cliche, but I've seen teams that make more penalties and still win. But I think that the team with the least amount of mistakes in this game is going to come out uh, victorious. And uh, penalties, since Vish stole my uh, my key, I um, I think I, I'll go with the penalties. Can can we all agree that? Um... TV, TV, and I know someone mentioned it here. Rob TVD as the key to the game, uh, along with our safeties. Yeah, I think that TVD. I don't want to say he has to have a monster game because again, if we run the ball really well, 
we're good, man. Like we're we're as 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 the kids these days like to say, we're Gucci when it comes to uh <laughs> all right. Uh TVD has has a good game. He protects Don't let me the football. Mute you, man. He, he protects the football. Oh, you, you won't you you'll mute me for that, but you won't mute DJ for talking crap about the Miami Heat. And well, you're not even a Heat fan, then. Yeah, I mean, what are you talking about? As long as no one mentions the Cowboys, I'm good. Sports and not trying to fit in desperately with the younger crowd. We got to yeah, okay, yeah, we got the wrong people in, in the controls here. That's for sure. I feel like DJ is the younger crowd. I am. I'm 27, so I definitely am the younger crowd. Oh my god! And you're still embarrassing me, so don't try to fit in again, okay? I will never try Thanks. to embarrass you. I'm Thanks. young. I'm young too. You can kiss my ass, okay? How about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. You're young. Uh, That's why you got those gray hairs on your beard. That's a called experience, baby. That's not called age. Sure. Get it together. You know what you could do with those? Manscaped. I bet you that would probably. <laughs> yeah. Nah, those, those are not getting touched. Those are not getting touched. That's not my face, but that's my. By the way, that's not my face. I'm not putting that anywhere near my face. Um, anyways, um, predictions, DJ, what's your prediction? Uh, I think it's going to be a tough one, but you know, I do think 20 to, se- 20 to seven. I'm sorry. That was yesterday. That was yesterday's game. My bad. Go ahead. What were you saying? <sighs> what I was saying before jazz really good, interrupted jazz. me. I gotta, I gotta give you that. That was good. Thanks. Vish, uh, Vish are you in Washington, DC? Like, well, you uh, give us the, the prediction next. already, DJ. Yeah, Jeez. go for it. Uh, I'd say 30-17 Miami. I'm not gonna be. I'm. I'm. I'm not gonna be like you know seventy points because that's definitely not happening. You're not gonna go fifty-nine. You're not gonna go fifty-nine. Yeah, not fifty-nine. Nothing. Hey man, we were like a field goal away from still covering the spread. I would have been out clean, but no, no. I was like, kick the field goal at the end. I could have gotten a push on that. <laughs> not going to be quite as easy this week, I don't think. It was minus 26. I needed that field goal. <laughs> not going to be quite so. as easy. Blue, what do you got? What's your prediction for the game, man? Um, I think Andy Borgallis wins at 34-31. Oh, I like it. I like it. Wow, like wouldn't that it. be something? Yeah. Oh, man. Vish, what do you got, man? So, so here's that? the thing. Yeah, here's, <laughs> here's the thing. I'm, I'm well, you know, it's be a little bit tougher. So this week, you know, 58. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so <laughs> you know, that one point you gotta give it. 59-7. Um, yeah, 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 garbage <laughs> touchdown. Um, so, so I think we all know, like at this point, that I have some ties to that area, and I can't respect that program. I know everyone's like it's a tough place to play. Please. <laughs> We're Miami, oh, damn it. Act oh like it. God. Oh, man. So, I mean, I, after all this bravado, there's no way I'm going to pick the, a margin bigger than what DJ picked. I cannot believe you picked this to win by 13 points. That's, that's good. I like it. I like it, DJ. Yeah, yeah but I'm going 28-24, uh, but they get like a garbage touchdown at the end. I, I think we're better than them. I, I understand App State's better than like they look on paper, but they didn't look good against Sam Houston State either. It's not nearly as tough a place to play as people give it credit for. I've been in much louder stadiums. Um, they're very rah-rah, but they're not um, abusive. Like if you go play at LSU or whatever, there's like a different level of like psychosis <laughs> at some of these yeah. places. College Station is not that. Um, so I think we'll handle our business and come out of the win. They're going to be fired up for this one, both sides. I'll tell you what. Both sides definitely will be, uh, especially after what happened last weekend. Hmm. Um, I'm, I'm going to go – I'm gonna go thirty to twenty six. 
weird num weird weird score, but I'm gonna go thirty to twenty six Miami. Um, like you said, I think that they get a couple they get a couple field goals late and maybe try to march down, and then Miami figures out a way to stop them. And it's thirty to twenty six. So he's all fired up on the scuff runs. Fire. Yeah, he is. You got something yeah, to write about. Yes, now, actually, yeah, I have something to write about, and my Twitter is very busy these days. So, yeah, I actually am. Oh boy, what a what a crap show that is over there, huh? Yeah, it's quite the mess over there. But you know, I think the boosters are going to be writing these uh, nice checks to get a new coach, kind of like what we saw at at Miami prior to uh, Mario Cristobal. Kind of a similar situation. You know what you guys need to do? What what the guys uh, at Lincoln need to do? Blue Vish. You know what they need to do over there? They need to go ahead and set some cars on fire in the parking lot, right? Oh, yeah. That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> get everybody fired up over there. Dolphins are dolphins are really fired up, right? Yeah, they are. <laughs> Don't you guys have that F1 show tonight? No, no, that's Wednesday night. Say we're already uh, tomorrow. This is the freedom of moving this to to, to Mondays. This is why we moved it to Monday, baby. This is what happens when we do more than an hour of a show. It just goes off the rails. But that's what I like it that way. I like it that way. That's when the fun starts. It's fun. It's fun for sure. And just so, uh, I mean, I think we all knew Gus was picking Miami, but you know, he did clarify. Yeah, he did. (laughs) Thanks, Gus. Thanks for letting us know. Um, uh, Real quick, uh, real quick. Yeah, make sure you keep it locked here. Uh, Blue and myself um, will have a um, pregame. Uh, DJ, if you want to join us, you're more than happy, unless you're writing too much about Nebraska losing again, more than likely. But um, we'll uh, we'll have a nice pregame. That, that's not a knock on you. I'm knocking Nebraska. You know, I know you can care less. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but make sure you keep it locked. We will have a pregame show this Saturday. At 8 p.m., we'll do a nice pregame show. Vish will not be on for reasons we will not discuss, but he will not be on as he will be at the game. Thank you. Um, Enjoying like, the game at College like, Station. Like some college. light refreshments for Vish some, prior yes, to the game. With some libations and lowering I mean, his this, faculty. This, this, this you can't do a cameo? You should, Vish. You should, Vish. I'll see what I can do if you guys send me a, I can't produce it, obviously, off my phone. But. No, no. Blue, his faculties will be very lowered, though, my friend. I don't That's know. That's fine. We got we to gotta check that out. I mean, we're talking about going to get the whole YouTube channel flagged. He, oh, he could man. do the Manscaped commercial that night. We just need to give Vish a GoPro and then just let him travel around the stadium with it and then give us the footage for the show on Monday. Yeah, right? Man. <laughs> Me a half an hour before kickoff, having uh, maybe consumed a couple of adult beverages right before Miami's about to play Texas A&M. I don't know that that should be. I don't know if that's <laughs> that's, that's great. Hey, that's great podcasting. That'd be great film. Yeah, that would be awesome. Right. I think. We need right. a, I don't know if I should do it live though. I think we probably need an edit. <laughs> Fernie, uh, by the way, Fernie, uh, reach out to me. I'll let you know about the watch party that we're having um on saturday uh to see if there's any um any spots open or available uh but hit me up hit me up on uh dm me and, and we'll talk about it but uh yeah like i said uh gus anybody else anybody else else in town that wants to go to that watch party let me know uh give us a follow on you on excuse me on youtube on insta uh, not on instagram well on instagram also at six rings canes but also on twitter at six rings canes make sure you follow us there uh every monday night here at 8 30 p.m on the five reasons sports youtube channel and this Saturday, we've got the Texas A&M pregame, Texas A&M Miami pregame show uh, live from everywhere, from uh, Larry's, Larry, uh, from Blue's room, uh, from my room, Blue's, 
Blues Room from Blues Room. <laughs> hey, there should be a restaurant called that. Yeah, right. <laughs> Blues Room. We should, we got to think about that. Blue. We might be able to, have to do something with it. Uh, Blues Room and from uh, live. I will be at a location as well. I will be at the uh, C to B show CMX over in Brickle uh, for a watch party there. So make sure you keep it locked as we will have that pregame show at 8 p.m. for you. And uh, throughout the week, if we decide to throw something up, we'll definitely throw something up and let you guys know also. Uh, again, Vish, DJ, Blue, always a pleasure. Big week, Texas A&M. Let's go kick their ass. And uh, it's all about the U, baby. Go Canes. We'll see you guys Saturday night. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.